Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. That form is in Yoshintai, and we did it standing instead of seated. Can you guess why? No? There's no possible reasons? Okay. Why would we do that? Why would we take away a level of complexity? Okay. So people were struggling, so you kind of simplify the training a little bit. Right? If, if you have bad shiko technique, it's harder to do everything in a seated technique. Uh, any other possible reasons? Mm-hmm. Just as you're actually keeping um, our mind here in the seated form, because if you're just going to like an automatic um, motion, then in the standing form, you won't be able to keep the, the sutra in full itself. Okay, so if we if we have a centered mind, we should be able to make small adaptations in the ritualized pattern and still be able to perform it. Okay, um, I think you could see that in your rep, right? You, d- you didn't recognize the form when we went to standing. It was like a new form, and you felt kind of shocked when I showed it one rep, and you're like, "I'm supposed to get that," and but it's not a new form, okay? But you could see that same thing as you're going through the seated variation. Um, your mind's all over the place, right? Not quite sure of the steps. Um, I also see a very, very strong desire, like you have lots of desires within the practice of the pattern. And particularly like to make sword sounds like you, 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 you come out of the form uh, with that desire, and now you're just stuck on sword sounds. And then uh, what comes next again? Oh, oh yeah, you have to jump back in the form. Um, sometimes you'll do two cuts in the form. The form doesn't have two cuts, do you see? You'll do two cuts where there was only one prescribed cut, because you didn't get the sound on the first cut, so you'll try to get the sound on the second cut. But that second cut is, is, is as much not part of the form as if you would have taken a lap around the building in the middle of the form, do you see? But somehow the desire is driving you. And here's the thing, though, that it's that desire to make that sound that's stopping you from making that sound. Your, your grip is way too tense and you're, you're chopping the sword through the air as a result to try to make volume and it just won't work, okay? It's not a cut, it's like a chop. And it's like, in some ways, the sword is like a whistle, right? You have to blow in it just right and a whistle to make it work. Have you ever given a, given a whistle to a kid and you're like blowing it and they just, they don't make any, it doesn't blow, right? And they have to figure it out. It's a particular way. Well, the sword is like a whistle. It, it, it has to cut through the air. You cannot chop through the air, okay? And chopping has a lot to do with tension, with grip, um, with the rotational vector that I adopt, all, all kinds of factors that uh, will prevent that whistle, the sword, from making the noise you're seeking, OK? 
okay? I wouldn't seek the noise. That noise for you, for your body mind, is associated with shopping. It's not going to make it, okay? So sometimes, you, you know, some of the things they, the kids do with whistles is they go, you tell them to blow, but they, they blow the whistle out of their mouth, right? You go, well, no, no, you got to keep it in your mouth with your, keep your mouth closed, and then they'll bite it, right? And now they don't seal it with their lips, and it's not going to work. And sometimes they're just blowing so hard, they're just making raspberry noises, right? And you got to go, no, 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 softer, and then... It's too soft, and they don't get the sound they want. You go, you just figure it out. But all those other ways, the child has to reject, has to stop, okay? I think it's been long enough that you've been chopping through the air, okay? Time to stop. And just stay within the form. Okay. Uh, those are all practical reasons, but it's not the main reason. Can anyone find the main reason? And I think anybody should be able to answer because everybody should be aware of what is going on in the dojo at all times uh, because you should always be aware of what is going on in whatever environment you find yourself within. Uh, but I also think that one of you in particular should have enough self-awareness to realize what was the main reason. Yeah, your knee injury. Everyone should know that one of us has a knee injury. Do you see? Even just from a martial sense, right? She might flip out one day, come in here and try and kill us all and sweep her leg. You got a very weak base. Just boom, kick that freaking knee out. You get it? You're always aware of these things. How did this person walk towards you? What side's the watch on? Are they right-handed or left-handed? Are they stiff in the pelvis, right? Do they look immobile or do they look highly mobile? Are they kind of uh, have a pelvic tilt where you can tell they're going to change levels on you, try a double leg, all kinds of things. You're always observant of that, okay? Um, let me ask you a question, um, as that is the main reason, do you see? Because the other ones can all be achieved within the form, right? But your knees cannot be helped in the seated form. They were already hurting you, okay? Um, what took you so long to answer the question? What do you mean? Okay. So you, you, di you didn't what? Put that in better words. Like I, I didn't answer your question right away. Because why? You didn't want to be that guy? Is that what is that what you're trying to say? Okay, well, let's look at it just in terms of yin and yang energy. Uh, the, the answer is coming from you and needs to come to me. Do you see? Um, the answer was known, or at least should have been known, and was ultimately known, but still the answer did not come from you to me. Do you, do you get that? So if we look at that energetically, you're kind of holding the answer back. Do you see? You kind of have a grip on it. You're not letting go of it, okay? You're kind of, it wants to come to me. It is what needs to come to me. But you have a grip on it. It's a kind of resistance, do you see, of letting it go. Do you understand? Um, and it, it was an interesting thing watching, watching you as you went. Um, when we came up, 
to uh, relieve your knees from pressure. Um, you pushed your knees into the stand in the standing variant. You pushed your knees to their limit. So you've made some radical height changes. Uh, if you pay attention to the start on the nukesket, uh, you dropped your weight. You, you were standing, the form started, and you, your first thing you did was bring your knees to the yang uh, positioning, knees to toe, do you see? Um, and then as you went along, you kept doing that, going up from the yang positioning of the knees, knees to toe, and then back down to it. Do you understand? As you watch your form. Um, that's not part of the form. In the seated version, there's not all this height changing. Do you see? In fact, you bend your knees to keep your height uh, a lot of the times, but you don't want to go to extreme levels. Uh, for example, for some reasons or justifications, why not? It's because it's telegraphing. Do you see? If you, if you are uh, going to draw your handgun against me, you change your levels, I'm going to know you're going to do it. Do you see? And you add movement to your uh, presentation pattern, it's now going to take longer. So I know you're going to do it. And if I don't add that wasted motion, my gun is out before yours and you're dead. Okay? So it's all about don't telegraph, don't waste motion. That's just a martial principle. It would be the same thing if you were in a boxing match. You're never going to jab me with your jab if you're dropping that hand before you throw it or you're bringing back that lead shoulder so you can wind up to throw it. That thing's never going to hit me. And in fact, I'm going to know when you're going to throw that jab, and I'm going to hit you with my own jab, do you see? We don't ever telegraph martially. If you go, well, what do we do martially in the form if we were to go standing? What do we do? Um, and again, I think you all know the answer. Um, what do you do when anytime you're standing? Where, where do you, how do you determine how much knee bend to have? What is the requirement you need? What? Uh, I wouldn't say it's always natural in the sense that uh, I get what you're trying to say, but I want the answer that you've been given. So the reason I don't like the word natural is you get a lot of couch potatoes uh, that have very tight hamstrings, and what has become natural to them is not what we want. Okay? If we mean natural in the sense of you know, the pristine human beings still residing in the Garden of Eden, how do they stand? Okay, but I would like a better answer than this poetic one. Okay. No, it's a very simple answer. You guys, you guys are missing it, yes. Yes, you have to get the ground vector because you're working internally, so your weight, the gravity, the force, the energy, everything of the sword, the movement, etc., has to be on the midfoot, do you see? Um, and that's where you go, okay? But it's interesting because I have a theory, and I've given it, I've given it to all of you many times, but I have given it to you in relation to this injury. Um, the injury is from forcing. Okay. Forcing, overstressing, overtaxing is always lead to injury. That's how you know, oh, I went too far. Okay. Um, and if you look at this overstressing, this overgoing too far, you're going to find a resistance in there. You're going to find you're holding on to something you should not be holding on to. Just like you're holding on to a desire that's getting in the way of the cut. You see? You're holding on to an answer that you should just let go and give. 
And like this, in some weird ways, the, the non-whistling sword stays with us or the injury stays with us. Just like the answer stays with us and not being uttered. Okay. If we look at the art, you are in an art where that is very much antithetical to the art, okay? I'm not going to say this is anything unique to Aikido. Uh, you know, using current nomenclature, that to me, this is just jujitsu. Aikido falls within that modern umbrella. There are some aspects that are unique to it from the broader umbrella, particularly its internal aspects and also its mystical aspects. But because it's part of this larger category, you can't have an Aikido that has this resistance, this holding on, this not letting go. Because jujitsu, as I have defined it, is the the art of non-contestation, do you see, is what we mean by that is m stop holding on to things, stop forcing things, do you see, stop overpowering things, stop muscling things. It's, it's all this kind of young compression, pressing, building up pressure. Do you get it? So for Aikido to be Aikido, it has to at least have that. Like, you can't be practicing this way of holding on and forcing. You have to learn how to let go. You have to learn how to not contest and grab and force. Okay? And then you have to go on to get the internal aspects, and you have to go on to reconcile and gain the mystical aspects. So let's say you have a, uh, an, a, an uke or an attacker. It doesn't matter from an energetic level, even though the two are quite distinct. They're going to aggress on you, do you see? They're going to move towards you. So uke is going to be prescribed a ritualized spinal displacement. Do you understand? That's a pressure, but only if you stay where you are. Do you get it? And the same thing with the attacker. The attacker is, is going to try to engage you in a struggle. But it will only be a struggle if you stay where you are. So there has to be this faith component because in our daily lives, the way we're raised, the way our culture is designed, because it is dominated by the ego tripartite, we don't truly believe that in essence we created the struggle or we created the push because we don't fully accept our responsibility in its creation. That's, that's what's happening. Okay? That, that, as I've trained many people over the decades, I'm telling you, that is more difficult for moderns to accept than the God concept. Do you see? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a believer of the genie in the sky, God. Do you get it? But moderns can accept more, even though that's not my view. If I speak of God, they'll, they'll go with God, genie in the sky. They'll believe that before they believe that they actually created the pressure or the stress or the tension or the obstacle that they're trying to get away from. You see, they just don't believe that. I think that is one of those things that we'd like to hope 
that you'll eventually reach such a futile state in, in your engagement with this obstacle or this attack or whatever. Do you understand? Whatever pressure it is. We like to believe that you will reach such a level of futility that you'll finally submit to this faith that you creating it and then you can act accordingly as Aikido is telling you, okay? Stop contesting, stop holding on, stop resisting. But it's not true. I'm sorry, it's not true. It is not true. And it is less true in, in modern United States. It's probably even less true in California, and it's probably even less true in Santa Barbara in California, okay? You are at the apex of the Americanist disease. You have so many distractions available, so many intoxicants available, so many means by which you will never reach that futility. You will just keep going. Okay. In other words, you, there's never going to be a Job experience. Do you see? Look what it took for Job to, to go to where he realized, holy cow, I better stop and start accepting and release Look what it took for somebody. How many hundreds of years ago did human beings realize, man, someone in Job's state, what, I mean, what did he really had? He, he had some livestock. <laughs> he had a couple houses, but what were they really? Do you know what I mean? It's, these are not mansions in Montecito and then a yacht off Bermuda. Do you get it? It's just, it probably had some mud huts, some livestock, right? Some clay jars, still dirt on his floor, right? He still had to go crap in the woods. He didn't have much, but even then, human beings realized, you know what, it's enough. It's enough to distract you from the truth. Well, here you are, right, so to speak, in the Mecca of Americanism, right? We're probably not going to have a Job experience. So we're probably not going to have that faith forced upon us. You, you're going to have to make a conscious decision. And I would put it in the camp of you're going to have to practice wisdom. You're, you're going to have to reach almost like a philosophical um, motivational state, okay? Just like somebody would convince you with a logical argument and you go, yeah, that's, that's, I got, that makes sense, okay? And then you start living it because it's better to make sense than not sense, do you see? And then hopefully, you start making a habit out of it, okay? Because we're prone to habits, do you see? And then hopefully you gain some rewards from it, by which I mean some dopamine experiences, do you see? And it starts getting into your cellular level, starts getting deep into your physiology, and you're like, you know what, it actually feels pretty good not to contest. You're not thinking this, of course, but your body's going, man, give me some more of that dopamine, right? And now you have an ingrained, deeply physiological habit being formed. Do you get it? And that'll at least get you in the parking lot of the ballpark, okay? That's what you want to do. 
But when you're holding on to these things and you're forcing these things, whatever, what, however you want to explain that. Remember, energetically, it's kind of like a pressurized yang that is happening from two antagonistic forces pushing on each other, okay? If you keep doing that, you're, you're not in the ballpark. You're not even in the parking lot of the ballpark. You went somewhere else. You got lost on the 405, okay? You're somewhere else. You're in freaking Long Beach. You were supposed to go to Anaheim, okay? Got it? Meaning you're not, you're not doing the art because you don't even have this non-contestation. You should want to look at everything, everything, because non-contestation based, as Aikido was, as this concept was, within a concentric episteme is a way of living the world. So you want to look at everything in your lives through, do I have this pressurized energetic conflict here, now, over there, again, everywhere. So, let's look at the injury itself. Let, and let's look at it in terms of just energy. Because um, some of you have injured themselves, and some of you are starting to enter that age range um, where the body does not heal as fast as it used to. And I'm, st I'm getting these mysterious pains and I don't know what I did to, uh, to get it. Do you see? And before you start doing crazy stuff like continuing to do seated technique when your knees cannot do it, or even uh, in Newaza, using your knees as bracing angles, which is going to injure your patellas big time, okay? Before you do those kind of things to keep getting yourself injured and resisting, you know what? I could have done this technique standing up. Sensei said, always work around your injuries. And in fact, Sensei told me, I can do any of these forms standing up instead and not wait for Sensei to make me stand up. It's doable because we're not preservationists, do you see? I don't care how the form is. I'm not in omori you or this you or that you. Not in the temple system. I'm in the ascetics cave up the mountain. And my piss and shit rolls down the mountain to where the temple is. So I'm after the utility of it. And to do a form in a way that I'm only generating this pressurized yang on yang is not to do the form. Just like to make the sword whistle is not to do the form. You're closer in my eyes to doing the form if you stand up to not contest the injury than to stay seated. The only person who that is not true for is the museum curator. That's it. The preservationist. Do you see? meaning the non-practitioner, okay? What, what is an injury, really? What is it really? Maybe subjectively at first, you experience it as an obstacle to what you want to accomplish, do you see? Well, how different is that concept, an obstacle, do you see? It's stopping me from doing what I want to accomplish. How different is that? 
from when the attacker or the uke tries to push me and I stay still, now generating the push, or the attacker wants to struggle with me and I engage in the struggle and thereby create the struggle. How different is this in concept, energetically speaking, that I have an injury and I experience it as a stopping to what I want to do? It is the same thing energetically. You are, by your perception, how you are experiencing that injury, you are generating this contestation. You see? If you, if you just put that on the shelf for a second, and you'll realize there's many things, many things in the art or in the practice, let's say in your practice, where you're not doing what you want to do. Do you understand that? And if you go past that, there's many things in the art when you understand the art as an idealized way of moving and of being. There are many things you're not doing. Do you see? Do those things generate the same? They're stopping me. Do they generate that same sense of failure? No, they don't. They don't. Because you don't give them that same energy. Do you see? You keep going. Do you get it? You don't contest with those things. Those are actually things you work with. You work through. Just like when you don't push back on the uke, you're working with them. When you don't engage in the desired struggle that the attacker has, you're working with them. What they're doing is perfect for what you need to be happening. Do you see? Because you're not against them. So you have these injuries. They're not against you. But when you make them, then you do things like, I'm going to jack my knees up more and try to force this seated technique instead of stand up. And then you're going to hide and hold the answer in for why we're standing up. Do you see? All, you're forcing it. You're in a contest with this thing. When you have all these other aspects of the art that you're not doing... You work around those things. You work with those things. So, for example, a lot of you came to the dojo and you were extremely weak. We even talked about this the other day. Do you remember? Um, it is true that the internal aspects are not strength-based. Do you see? They're not strength-based. But in the beginning learning phases, right, the ability to maintain the midfoot ground vector and the four corner organization of your hips and shoulders makes it much easier to start to get the internal aspects. Do you see? It's much easier. Of course, because the internal aspects are internal, they are not dependent upon those external things. But it is much easier to understand them in the beginning if you can do that. And in order to maintain midfoot vector and four corner organization under pressure of the attacker or the uke, it helps to be strong, okay? And I told you guys, it's not really fair when I ask you to do what I'm doing because your torsos are nowhere near as strong as mine, okay? Do you got that? They're just nowhere near as strong. I have not felt that cross-lateral compromisation in my torso, oh man, in years, maybe decades. I can't, even, I can't even imagine it being possible. I can tell in my body consciousness, I don't know what it would take to actually, under pressure, get my uh, four corners to go cattywampus, okay? Like, I can't even imagine that. 
because of my body experience of how strong it is. Do you see? Or we've gone to, let's do some obvious ones. We've done some koshinages, right? And people's legs had caved under the weight of larger ukes. Do you see? Well, you're just not strong enough. Okay? What did you do? We started lifting weights. <clears throat> do you see? It was by this being unable to do something that you guided your training a particular way. Nobody stood there and goes, I am so weak. I am so weak. I'm so weak. Oh, I'm so weak. Oh. And now every time you do the technique, oh, I'm never going to do it. I'm weak. No. You worked on strength and you did what you could. Do you see? Why can we not continue that with these injuries? If my back is stiff, work on unstiffening your back and then do what you can. It doesn't have to send me in this emotional spiral of failure and not being able to accomplish do you get that? It's just a guidepost. What do you have to do? I have to do this. Okay? And that is a practice. That is the practice. That is your practice. If you think that I do, that I am doing the same thing this year as last year, you're, you're out, you're crazy. Structurally, conceptually, yes, non-contestation, do you see? Ego reconciliation. But if you think that there's only one way or one time to reconcile the ego, I don't know who you've been listening to. It is not only a matter of last year versus this year. It's the last five minutes versus this five minutes. Do you see? That is what I mean when I say, look, these injuries are signposts, guideposts. Do you see? These contestations, these built-up pressures are telling you, yeah, you gotta, this is where you got to do your work. Are you, what's the work? Man, let go. Stop contesting. Depressurize this thing because you're the one making the pressure. And just address the work that has to be done. That's all you do. And then you know what? You die. And that's the ultimate release. Especially if you know you're going to die. You're going to be fighting it, do you see? And it's going to send you into... This fear is going to be like the ultimate opponent who is just never going to relent. Are you really going to push on that person you can't overpower ever? Many of you do on the map. You're going to defeat death? No, you practice the same release. The same exact one. Your injuries are like many deaths. Man, let go. Address. Do what you can. That's it. Stop keeping yourself in the contest. Stop forcing. Stop continuing to remain and be and act injured. Do you get that? If we come up because the seated technique is hurting your knees, don't do the standing version in a way that's going to hurt your knees. Give your legs some relief. Okay? We had a guy, some of you were here, some of you weren't. We had a deshi that had no arms. And at first he was very concerned. 
How do I train? I don't have arms, right? We turned everything into katadori. You see? But even in the end, I'm going to tell you, he was a wonderful man. I'm sure he still is. But he's no longer here, right? Even in the end, for some reason, that was not Aikido for him. He wanted to keep doing it with his arms. You see? So just do katadori. We actually have katadori in the curriculum. Do you see? And it's a total arbitrary reason why we're not doing katadori at any time. Do you get that? Every technique that can be done from katatadori can be done from katadori. I couldn't let go of it. He was never going to get his arms back. It always felt to him like he was slowing the class down. He was an intrusion upon the training. But what did I tell you the other day about where I first stumbled upon the internal aspects? It was in Katadori. In Katadori. Do you want to act like a person who has no arms and keeps waiting for them to appear? Or do you do what you can do? And you open up all that you can do by understanding how you're creating the obstacle to all you can do. Let go. Disengage yourself from that dichotomy. Have faith. Once you do, it's fine. Imagine, well, let's look at me right now, right? I have one injured right foot, one injured left foot. The burn on my right arm is going away, but that thing was killing me. And the only reason I didn't feel it occasionally was because the right foot pain got so bad it was like a, that movie, Major Pain. It's a comedy, right? And his trick is, is he breaks your finger to heal the other wound because you don't feel the other wound with your broken finger. It was like that. The burn still hurt if you touched it or the gi touched it. It killed. But normally the pain in my right foot was so great I couldn't even feel the burn until something, something actually touched on it. But it was constant, okay? Imagine that these pains never went away. Can you picture me going, well, that's it. I had a good run. Thank you, everyone. I am now going to sit on the couch. No, you, you would go, what? You would. You'd be shocked. What happened? Right? No, sensei quit. His foot hurts too bad. No, you're full of shit. No, he actually said it. Then you would immediately go, no, there's something else. He just told, you wouldn't even believe it. You would start thinking he's a liar. So you would go like, no, there's something else. That's just bullshit he's given us. Do you see? Well, how come you do it to you? Why don't you find how you can train? Do you see? And by that, I mean, look. You're not going to find that practice when you're engaged in contests with these injuries. You're not. You have to do what you would imagine me doing. Yeah. He's going to do this instead. He'll do this. He'll find something to do. If you expand that, some of you have this mind 
or this practice, let's be honest, this is your practice, this one of contestation. Some of you have this with life things, not just your body. Do you see? You lose all the options available because you've engaged, you've locked horns with some aspect of your job or your future or whatever. Find the faith. I wouldn't feel locked if I did not lock my horns into this. Trust. It will go away instantly. Again, this is not a way of being solely so you can practice. Do you understand? This is the practice. This is the practice. Do you have any questions or comments? I have a comment. Yeah. That takes over everything. And just remember, like, the, the practice is, oh, I felt the desire, and then let go of the desire. Yeah, that's the form, do you see? Um, yeah, every time I try to freaking chop this thing down, like, I don't get the sound either. It's like that, okay? I think there's something to the elegance of the weapon, okay? It was like, you see, everything, um, and, and you know, it sounds romantic, but I don't think it is romantic. I think a culture, um, you know, is, is very intricately uh, interconnected. So you have a concept, which we might call a psychological concept of this nature eventually you're going to land on an instrument that is conducive towards that psychological thing and vice versa. There's an elegance to the Japanese sword uh, that you really don't see. Like other swords are kind of cool, but mm, there's just, for me at least, there's like an elegance to it. It's like, um, they're just so beautiful and it comes from this, do you see, this kind of like it, it's made to be effortlessly wielded. Okay. Anything else? Yes. I think I had sort of a similar moment with um, the new Kitsuke and I felt for a long time like there's sort of a threshold that I can't get my hand below a certain point on the draw. I know that it's high. Uh, and I had a moment today where I realized I was, I'm still stuck in this and I'm seeing it Yeah. Yes. And you know what? Again, I look, 
when when the attacker comes on me or the suspect is trying to get me and i've told this to you before you're not in this state of bliss you're not in this second mind aspect that um you know you're you're like a yoda or something do you get it 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 captures you do you see but what you're able to do with your practice is immediately release. It's so fast that the observer would not be able to see it, do you see? Um, but yeah, there is this whatever, who could time it, right? Um, you know, spark from a stone kind of speed where dude grabs you or punches at you or aggresses on you and you can feel, ooh, captured, and then you immediately let go. And so in that sense, it is kind of like, you know, uh, trying not to hold on, you know, kind of how you describe it. In the rep where I, I tried not to want to do it, that's when it came out. It, that's what I call this release, do you see? And the same thing in the, in the rep where you weren't thinking about the sword sound anymore is the one where it came out. It is exactly like that. The uh, crazed uh, assaulting suspect uh, it, it pulls you because we're human, do you see? And there's a, gra a gravity to the threat. Uh, but what you're able to do is feel that you got sucked in and then you let go and now they fall into the empty space, do you see, of the, of the jiu-jitsu martial strategy. Um, when you let go, at the moment you're telling yourself let go, and at the moment you realize you got captured, and in the moment when you're captured, you have no idea where that empty space is going to manifest or what the result will be. Do you see? And that is why it is an act of faith that you, you, you again, this is what I mean to you when I say, uh, I don't know where you're going to end up. Do you get, I have no idea what technique I'm going to do. I just know the first thing is non-contest, non-contest and disengage, separate those pressurizing competing energies. Do you see? And then it shows up. Okay. And every, and, and once you know how to do it, you can do it in Kihon Waza itself because the problem is a human problem and we're creating the same dilemma that needs to be solved in the same way, even in something like a solo form. Do you get it? But you, you're going to first build this habit man what was that what what did what what okay try not to do it try try not to not try do you get it um and you're like wait wait try not to not no i mean not trying to not try to try to not try try and then you just go f it because it doesn't make sense in language do you see and you try to go with the feeling what did it feel like do you see and it, tells, it feels totally different from forcing things and making things and desiring things. And it feels different from your bringing your knees into the extreme knee bends and things like that. There's a naturalness to it, do you see? And it, you, start, you don't care that that's just a poetic description. I don't, we don't care what you call it. You could call it blah, 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 blah. Okay, what the feeling that goes with that sound, that's the one I want, do you see? Okay, anything else? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of, it was not intellectual, but like a moment of, I think things are moving, it's, it's the not locking problem, like 
things felt like they were moving around. Mm -hmm. So it it was like I had to let go of trying not to make the sounds because it's not the words. Um, and I tried to lock things. Yeah. The sounds started coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And let's point out something that's uh, interesting here. Um, because it addresses something that people can often get confused. I have two students. You're sitting side by side. And one I said, make the sound. And one I said, don't make the sound. Do you see? Uh, because, as I said, the, f the true form, the true practice is in the reconciliation of the desire. Do you see? And so you had the desire to make the sound. And you had... Uh, you got to think broader, more broadly, but you were attached to like, I, I don't, I don't swing this hard. Do you get it? I'm like, that's just not me. Um, I'm very gentle. I, I you know, and I'm not going to cut anyone in half. And, uh, but see, that's an attachment. Do you get it? So then your teacher tells you the opposite. Okay. And in, in Buddhism, this is called upaya. You see, so your teacher uh, is giving you each the teaching that you need, okay? But it's the true form. Where is your attachment? Where is this pressure building built up between these competing things because you can't let go? Do you see? That's what you're trying to do. Um, secondly, yeah, you get, you can get, you start to realize the not trying is as much of an attachment as the trying, okay? Um, and this is going back to V's question. This is why uh, you ultimately have to move past these language games, okay? They, 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 they are not actually describing what is actually occurring, okay? You, they're post-talk, first of all. They're always post-talk. That means after the fact. So you have this event, and now you describe what happened, okay? So you had a moment where it just happened. Do you get it? But then you go back and you go, oh, that was the one where I did not try to not try or what have you, okay? That's post-talk. Well, which mind made that post-talk? understanding that's what we would call your first your first mind right your first aspect uh, that ego tripartite this why am i believing that thing now do you get it why am i believing that thing now but the the rational gateway type of traditions uh, really overemphasize that, and they buy that, right? But if you look in my answer to Andrew, it's like you want to just tap into the feeling, and the feeling is beyond the words, right? And to your point, the words get in the way now as you're trying to not try because you realize not trying is also that pressurized competing energies, do you see? So that's where Zen comes up with like koans, do you see? Is you, you're first going to try to answer it uh, rationally, and they don't have rational answers. Like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? What? You know? Um, and we know in The Simpsons, right, Bart starts slapping his fingertips to, to his palm. It's this, and the, the master still hits him, right? Because uh, <laughs> that's not it. Why isn't it? Because it's still your ego tripartite working, do you see? You're still working with this um, pressurized, competing, uh, energetic contest, okay? You're not letting go and releasing and just being, okay? You're in that moment, you're trying not to be something as much as you're trying to be something, and that's not it, okay? And that's what I mean. That's to me, do you see? I have to try not to be something, but I also have to not try to not be something. Those are both wrong, get it? Just like I, I have to produce the sword sound for one of us, and I have to not try to produce the sword sound for one of us. And, and the same way is just letting the sword cut 
is more the form than trying to get the sword sound from one of us, do you see? Or equally in the same way, just work with where your knees are at versus forcing them past that, okay? That is not the practice, that is the antithesis of the practice, okay? Um, you, you, you start, you know, th what these technologies do, these technologies of the self, is they just leave you meandering in those contradictions, okay? And uh, the contradictions are of the first mind aspect, but there's no solving them from the first mind aspect, so it feels like you're left to meander in them. Do you get it? And you're like a ping pong ball. You go back and forth between both sides of the spectrum of the dichotomy. Um, and you just got to let go, man. Let go and just go with the feeling. What, what feeling? The actual feeling of letting go. What's it feel like? Well, imagine you're hanging on a chin-up bar. L open your grip. That is what it feels like, okay? Or in the Zen tradition, you're on that thousand-foot pole. Take that step off. That is what it feels like subjectively, okay? And as I tell you, when this aggressive, assaultive inmate or suspect is attacking us, the last thing you want to do is let go because you're sure that is going to open you up to the attack. But what the art is telling you is no. What you're doing now is having you open to the attack, okay? And what some of you won't do is you won't take that step off that pole because it's scary. You won't let go of that bar because it's scary. Do you get it? But you have to develop some faith that it's going to be okay. And in order to do the non-contestation, in order to gain the benefits of generating yin space, do you see? Such that I don't have to be stronger than the attacker. You're going to have to take that leap of faith. And it shows up first in these ritualized patterns as you struggle to actually do the technique the way it is meant to function, okay? So you, for example, noted, this is too high on my hand. This, my hand is too high. And if you paid attention, you can feel the shoulder tension, the grip tension, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, and you have to struggle with that. And that means you have to let go of that struggle. And then you stumble upon this other stuff. Don't try to define it. Don't give it words. Don't describe it. Feel it. Feel it. Where did you feel it in your body? Did you see? And then try to duplicate that same feeling. Okay? It's not, it's not you're like, no, that sounds wacko. It does not sound wacko. You do it all the time. When you drive, you first learn how to work the brake, right? What does a new driver always do? It's too hard on the brake or not hard enough. So you're trying to teach them how to drive, and your head is going towards the dashboard, and you go, ease up, ease up, right? Ease up on the brake. And then the next thing that you do, you're going into the intersection, and you're yelling, more brake, more brake, more brake, right? Does then, do, do any of us go, oh, I need to reduce my foot pressure by approximately 10 pounds? No, you just feel where it is, right? And what happens when you get into a new car with a different feeling? You, you, do, you have to learn the same thing, but you're more capable of learning it, do you see? And the more cars you drive, the more cars you drive, the, you can figure it out. It's not at all different from... Now, I'm range master, uh, and I have to shoot a lot of different guns. A lot of different officers come in with different firearms, 
and uh, they want to zero their red dot or zero their size, do you see? And uh, eventually they ask me to go ahead and try it. Well, it, it's a different trigger. So I usually go, you know, click, fire, one, click, fire. Okay, got it. And, and then I can go and I'm running that trigger because my body already knows what to feel for. Do you see? It's a feeling. It's a feeling. I don't go, this trigger breaks approximately one millimeter shorter or longer. Do you see? And there's actually a three-pound variation on each trigger pull in relation to my... I'm not doing that, okay? Those are all post hoc things. I'm just feeling it, feeling it, okay? That's where if you don't do have these experiences, maybe you play video games, right? And you, you, you know how much pressure to make the reticle go here or there. And you watch these kids do it and you're like, holy cow. Uh, where you're trying to go, right, and you, your character's now run off the screen or, you know, spinning around in circles, and you got to figure it out. A human being is capable of experiencing the world informationally through what we would call feeling the world, okay? That is what you're trying to do, all right? And the form is ritualized or patterned in a way that concentrically you're going to have to exist in this state of non-contestation via this skill of deconstructing those contention points. That's how this is a technology. Okay? And the worst thing you can do is get yourself in the technologies, but all you're doing is the opposite of them. All you're doing is contesting, 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 contesting. Forcing, forcing, obstacle, obstacle. Do you got it? That's the opposite of what we're doing here. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com. S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.